edition of Sports with Yosei. I'm Yosei from Center. Today I'll be breaking down the Ravens' first two games, telling you what to not overreact to, what to about 9-10 minutes go through the AFC North, take a look at what's going been going on there. And some crazy matchups. Especially when you look at standings and who's tied for last place. We'll also go through the NFL, give you some headlines there. That'll be 12-13 minutes. And coming up, I will tell you what history has been made that has not happened since 1971. All coming up and more today on Sports with Yosef. So the Ravens, a dominant, dominant performance in week one. And guess what happens next week after a 47-3 victory over the Bills? They get absolutely demolished by the Bengals. What happened? A lot of key things happened. Let's take it from the top, and first, I just want to apologize. I was not able to put out a podcast last week. I was really sick on Thursday and Friday, and I just wasn't able to do it, which is why we're getting going back to that game this week for just a little bit. The Ravens in horrible conditions, some of the worst conditions you can have. Terrific gusts of wind, pelting rain, Joe Flacco... Well, the way he was throwing, it looked like it was a nice sunny day, no breeze, 60 degrees, and sunny. And it was. It was a horrible day, but Joe Flacco just was all over the place. He got pulled 10 minutes left in the third quarter because he was doing well. The Ravens were all over the Bills. Six sacks. Flacco threw a touchdown to each of his new receivers, Michael Crabtree, John Brown, and Willie Sneed. Lamar Jackson came in, got a lot of quality time, showed everyone that he's not ready for the NFL. Ravens also used Lamar in some trick plays with Joe Flacco in there, had Lamar take a snap with Flacco in the slot. So the Ravens did a good job there. One thing that was a little worrying about was the fact that Alex Collins fumbled the football. And he's had fumble issues, that's been one of his main problems. And he's just, he's got to work on that because he's a dynamic runner. He's electrifying his jump cuts. He can just make guys miss in the open. He can truck guys. He's just an all-around guy who's really good. But he's got to hold on to the football. And you don't have a job as a running back in the NFL if you can't hold on to the football. So there's going to be a lot of emphasis on that for Alex Collins. And you saw that against the Bengals, where he, there was a lot more emphasis when he was holding on to the football, so it was a good step forward. Defensively, the Ravens did rest a lot of players in the second half, which is good to see, because they were playing the Thursday night game, and one of the toughest things about playing Thursday night football after having played on Sunday is that your bodies aren't back in form. And what that means is, you're not 100%, you may be 80% as a player, and being able to rest, maybe the Ravens were at 85%. And I thought they had a, a much better shot at winning against the Bengals because of the fact that they would be at 85% and the Bengals would be at 80 Didn't end up happening that way, though. The Ravens, they were down 20-14 at half, but that was just a horrible first half for the Ravens, especially defensively. They gave up four touchdowns in the first half, three in the first quarter. You just don't see that from a Ravens defense. There was no pass rush. They had no sacks. Zero sacks. How many turnovers? Zero. They were very close. A very tough play by Eric Weddle. Wasn't able to do the toe drag 
which would have taken away the Bengals' first touchdown after the Joe Flacco interception. But the Ravens, they win by the turnovers. They had the best turnover differential last year in plus 17. The Bengals had one of the worst. And what the Ravens did was unacceptable. And they were going up against Andy Dalton, who had struggled in prime time. And a lot of people were just saying, yeah, you're going to have to ignore that fact. Because something was going to have to give. Joe Flacco struggles in Cincinnati. Andy Dalton struggles in prime time. Joe Flacco does well in prime time. You've got three clashing factors. Something got was going to give. And for the, it would happen to be the Ravens defense. Another bad thing that happened for the Ravens defense, C.J. Mosley. Early first quarter got injured, and he's got a bruised bone. John Harbaugh, on the severity of Mosley's injury, really didn't, was very unspecified. He said there's, it's, and it looks like he could be back for the Broncos game. The extra rest definitely helps, but we'll see what happens. C.J. Mosley will not be at 100% in the Broncos game, and if I'm John Harbaugh, I would definitely keep C.J. Mosley till the Steelers game so that they can have a healthy Mosley. And the Ravens have the luxury of doing that for two reasons. Number one, they just signed Albert McClellan, the former Raven who was released and came back. And one of the big reasons that they had to sign him was they had Kenny Young coming in for C.J. Mosley. And Kenny Young did a pretty good job, but one of the things that had happened was the Ravens' Mike. Up front was gone. C.J. Mosley relayed the defensive play call to the guys up front, and the helmet went to Patrick Onwasu next. And a lot of people were disappointed with that. I would prefer to have gone to an Eric Weddle, Terrell Suggs, Brandon Williams, a veteran, even a Brandon Carr, just someone who's a veteran, not a third-year undrafted rookie free agent who didn't know what he was doing, and you could tell. And it took the Ravens a long time just to get their form back defensively. And they came back with some good, pretty good defensive drives, in the end of the first half when the Ravens offense started heating up a little bit. But that is one of the main reasons they had to sign Albert McClellan. And it's good to see him back in Baltimore. I, was in I wasn't happy that they weren't able to keep him. That was good to see. The Ravens offense, I just want to get back to it a little bit for a couple more minutes here. In the second game against the Bengals, it was just interesting because Flacco did come back and overall stats were decent. The one stat that wasn't too good, that was one touchdown, two interceptions. I would ignore that fact if I were you for a couple of reasons. Number one, Joe Flacco's second interception. He was hit as he threw. He was looking to throw a sideline pattern. As, because he was hit, the ball didn't come out of his hand the way he wanted it to, and it went straight to the middle of the field for an easy interception for the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, some, some things that looked good, were, though, were John Brown really came out. He has a very good game. He went deep with Flacco, which was good to see, and Flacco just looked pretty comfortable, but a couple things that were really wrong was the offensive line was giving Flacco no time. He was having to escape the pocket. He was sacked. He fumbled the ball from behind. And that was Flacco's fault just for not looking and paying attention, but the Ravens tried out some offensive linemen. You can expect to see a signing there. And the Ravens, they know they need to upgrade that position. That was one of their weakest positions. And Ronnie Stanley went out for the last 10 12 to 12 plays in the game. John Harbaugh said it was un 
specified, didn't really talk much about it, and it's not really clear, but it's looks like it's not serious, and he could be back against the Denver Broncos. Now let's take a look around the AFC North, and it's a weird AFC North, because week one, the Steelers and the Browns, everyone's expecting a walkover, were winning, and Steelers were winning, and the Browns came back. Down two touchdowns, they came back, went into overtime, and some missed field goals, and they tied. Yes, you heard me. The Steelers and the Browns tied. This is coming off of a 0-16 year for the Browns, and it was extremely surprising. As we saw the just Browns, they just don't know how to win. There were missed field goals in overtime. You, you make those field goals, you win. Can't do that. And then week two, the Steelers get beat by a great passing offense in Pat Mahomes. We'll talk more about that later. And a very suspect Steelers secondary, which doesn't look like it's going to be ha- able to handle a lot of these big-time threats, which as a team which looks like they want to go for a ring now... That's going to be a tough thing to not have as you're going to be going into the postseason and playing teams that could have be a, a New England, maybe a Minnesota or a Los Angeles. Like It's not going to be easy for the Steelers. And the Browns, again, they were about, looked like they were going to win against the Saints. But they lost because of their kicker who missed two extra points and a field goal. And that is just hilarious in the fact that the Browns just find ways to lose games. They look like they're going to win, and then they lose. It's like they're saying, yeah, we're going to have everyone think we're about to win, but we want the number one draft pick again, so yeah, just give it to us already. And then maybe, yeah, we'll consider winning some games for our fan base. Cincinnati is off to a great start. They're 2-0 after beating the Ravens and the Colts. Don't think they can keep it up. Joe Mixon is injured. Doesn't look good for the Bengals. We'll see what happens there. Some headlines around the NFL. The Patriots, they get Josh Gordon for a fifth-round draft pick from the Cleveland Browns. And boy, does Patrick Mahomes look for real. Back-to-back great performances for the Chiefs. As Like I said earlier, he lighted up a very suspect Steelers secondary. Six passing touchdowns. And another quarterback who did very well, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Remember that guy? Yeah, he's back. James Winston is back up. But when Winston got suspended, Ryan Fitzpatrick has basically said, Yeah, I should be your starter. He's helped the Buccaneers go 2-0 and beating the Saints in a shootout. Very interesting to see what Fitzpatrick has got in a very interesting quarterback struggle down in Tampa Bay. And a matchup that we might see again in the postseason, the New England Patriots lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's a matchup, like I said, we're going to probably see again in the postseason as those two teams look like they're the favorites in the AFC. But it's going to be a very interesting matchup to watch. And with Josh Gordon going to 
the Patriots, it's going to change a lot of different factors. And as Jalen Ramsey said, Tom Brady doesn't suck. And that will be a very, very interesting matchup to watch. And it could be the difference between home field advantage, which would be huge in the postseason. And a record was made. Something that has not been done for 47 years. 47 back-to-back weeks where there's a tie in each week. The Packers and the Vikings with missed field goals there also in overtime and in the regulation ended up in a tie and another division rival game. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens why there's so many more ties is the lack of kickers, lack of aggressiveness, too many good offenses and not enough teams focusing on defense. It'll be interesting to see as the season plays out. Will there be more ties? I'm predicting there's going to be at least one more tie this year. At least. Should be interesting to see. Can't wait for it ha- to happen. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sports with Yosef. I'm Yosef Center. I'll see you next time.